Trinity Jubanger. How are you? <laughs> this is good. How are you? I'm not bad. <laughs> Geo, which is uh, <laughs> awesome. Exactly. Yeah, I am the one, but in a very specific one. niche field. <laughs> and location. <laughs> yeah. At a particular time, at a particular environment, in a particular location. I'm the one. You are the one. Hence, But other than Gio. that, no. Gio. Yeah. Exactly. So good. What's been happening? You had, uh, you had a, you had a new, new class you started yesterday, right? I did indeed. I did indeed. Um, it was, uh, yeah, it was really good. It's been um, a big week because I, I, I've uh, been quite nervous about it and building up mm. to it. Um, but the actual class was brilliant. It was, it was for um, basically this big platform, and there was three hundred people in the class yesterday, which was amazing. Ooh, that uh, is know, a hefty loads, number of people. Three hundred. Like, you know, yeah, three hundred people. But what it is is like it's a Zoom. It's all operated through Zoom, so that's how you like you you can imagine how it works, and you just sort of see the numbers go up. But when you're teaching. You're not really looking at that. You're not really paying attention mm. to that. But I'd heard yeah. that the numbers were around that. And I think that was what was making me really nervous through the week. It's like, oh, that's a lot of people. Oh, yeah. that's a lot of people to teach to. And my mum was like, what's the problem? You've, you've performed to way more people than that in your time. And I was like, mm. I don't know. This is different. It's because um, that was when I was a musician and that was a while ago. And this is, this is me teaching and I've got to relay information and teach to 300 people and I've that's a new experience for me I'd never done that before so and you're doing you imagine it filling filling out a room like you can't no. see them because they're all in zoom yeah. but like imagine the size of the room that you need to fill that out it's, that, but that's what that's the bizarre thing isn't it it's like on yeah. zoom you're teaching essentially I'm teaching in my studio here and you're teaching in, in your house in your well in your oh I'm in my garden but yet you're reaching 300 people all over the country and it was it was a really surreal experience but I really enjoyed it at the same time it was like how cool is this I get to relay all this information that you and I talk about and we teach and we teach people to move I, I get to give this to people and and that was really cool so the nerves went and, and this is the thing with me when I do performances I, I get really freaked out for a good week before and I really fret and I'm so nervous I'm so stressed I'm very anxious but then when it comes to it, you switch on and you do it, and and mm. that's what happened. And yeah, yeah. you don't so, know that that's going to happen, but it does generally happen. Yeah, cool. That's what this is. This is a good thing to talk about, right? Like performance anxiety, stress, um, yes. leading up to like it could be a big event, but it's just like general as well. So, like, what? Um, yeah, and you got a lot of experience in being anxious and being stressed for, yes. uh, for <laughs> what's your uh, like how do you like, so those nerves in the course of the week like what are you doing to deal with them how do you how do you deal with that so I'll be honest with you this week I wasn't dealing with it very well I think because I, I wasn't really registering it this week I just felt at the beginning of the week I was very agitated I was forgetting stuff I was dropping the ball like I forgot to send out some emails I forgot another thing like for example as well I I, silly thing it's like I put some water on to boil some eggs the water was boiling but I hadn't put the eggs in do you know what I mean so I was really preoccupied with 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 thinking about this stuff and um 
I wasn't prepared. And then suddenly I realized, I was like, oh, okay, I'm a little bit anxious. I'm a lot anxious. I'm a lot stressed. Um, let's do some stuff around this. So what I tend to do and what's really important from my days of being a musician is it's preparation. It's being massively prepared for what you're about to do. Um, obviously, this is a little bit different because it's a class, but just writing out what you're going to teach in the class so that you have an idea. So your brain, when you stand on stage, when when you're doing something, and when I used to stand on stage, you do, your brain goes to mush in a way. For the first few moments, you're like, oh, and you don't know what, where, how, and where you're supposed to look and what you're supposed to do. And, it, and it's phenomenally nerve-wracking. So if you've practiced enough, if you've if you've taken the time to to know what you're doing, that's really important. But also putting yourself in this situation over and over again. So, for example, when I was doing the class on Saturday, I just came into my studio a few times and actually rehearsed what I was going to stop saying and, yeah. and how I was going to start the class and and how it was going to go. So I do a lot of visualisation around it. It's like I, I put myself in the position a lot of the time, but then... I don't know if it's a weird thing, but I also toggle backwards and forwards between what I think they're seeing and what I'm seeing and what the audience is seeing and how they feel and what I'm seeing. So right. it's almost like I I put myself in different positions and how some are going to feel. Like, like different positions in the room? No, no. Um, like... I suppose it's like I try and imagine, it sounds really weird, but I try and imagine someone's living room and what it looks like to see me in their screen. I mean, when I was doing it on stage, it would be like, what do I look like from this point in the audience? Mm. And, and it's almost like you, you try and expand your perspective of what you're trying to do so that it doesn't freak you out when you're doing it. You have almost mm. like this, you've, I'm trying to think of it like, it's like you're trying to create more vision within what you're seeing so it doesn't mm. uh, it doesn't make you really nervous so I yeah, okay. I yeah I just kind of put myself in lots of people's positions so that I, I have like a, a collective vision if you like yeah that's the only okay. way I can try yeah. and explain it um, Interesting. <clears throat> and it helps me because then when um for example yesterday when everyone started popping up on the screen and you can literally just see pages and pages I don't, I'm sure everyone's used zoom but when you have lots of people come into a meeting, I mean, it literally starts going into pages and pages and pages and pages. I think I had about seven or eight pages of just mm. people. Yeah. And it is weird because you're teaching them, you can see them doing everything. And uh, yeah, it's, uh, it, was, it was a beautiful thing as well, I have to say, mm. just watching everyone take my direction and, and do stuff with it. It was a, it was a pretty cool thing. But yes, the stress and anxiety around it was, <clears throat> excuse me, it was, um, it was big. But I think things I do is I just make sure I get quality sleep. Mm. And even though I wasn't sleeping that well this week, I just make sure that I go to bed at the same time. I do a relaxation. I do some breathing. And I just calm my system down as much as I can so that I am as mm. prepared as I can be in that stressful moment. Yeah, cool. And then how's, what's your relationship with anxiety? Um, like if, if anxiety was a person, what would you, how would you oh describe your relationship to it? It's, a, it's that annoying thing, annoying person there in the background that uh, yeah. you're like, oh, not you again. 
Do you know? Um, and I, as a musician, I have suffered horribly with panic attacks. And what's really interesting about them is they would start a few weeks before any big performance. And they would start around um, the rehearsal time. I'd start to feel very, very sick, very breathless. I couldn't get a full breath in. And so it would start around the, the, the rehearsals. But then what started to happen as well is that they also started to come on and things like when I was on a bus or when I was on a train. So then I started to get this association between having a panic attack and being on a train. And then so it started to come into maybe being a bit claustrophobic. So that's that then takes on, it almost takes on this bigger role within your life. And it's something that I've had to work really, really hard to try and get away from. I've had lots of hypnotherapy. I've had lots of things like cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, I've done loads of breath work. But one of the biggest things that I've done that's really helped with my anxiety is to learn how to breathe properly. So learn that you actually need to stretch the muscles around your center. Because I was getting my breath from my shoulders and my chest. And that was having an even worse effect on my anxiety. And then as soon as I learned how to, for example, release my diaphragm, which is something that you and I teach, uh, where you <clears throat> learn to release a restricted part of your diaphragm, when I learned how to do that and then to breathe into my sides of my ribs laterally, that's when the panic attacks actually started to dial down quite substantially. So yeah. power to, to learning. To <clears throat> yeah, just a reminder to anyone who doesn't know what the diaphragm is, diaphragm is that Sorry. sheet of muscle, which is a, a, a the primary powerful breathing muscle. So yeah, you learn to control that, you, you, you get a lot of benefits and we could talk about them for days and days, but this is Absolutely. one of them, dealing yeah. with anxiety. Yeah. Because when you have anxiety, and, and I know this from experience of over the years, people are like, just breathe, just, just deep breaths. And it's like, but if you're not taking... It's like, yeah, cool, okay, I'm doing that, but it's yeah. not helping. I think it's it's sound advice, but it's from people that don't know how to breathe well. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, just take a deep breath. Like even even therapists are like, you just gotta you just gotta you know breathe deeply and, and take slow breaths. But it's like, yeah. and they don't know, they don't know the anatomy of breathing. So it's like when you actually learn the anatomy of breathing and you know and understand how to breathe well, suddenly, I mean, it literally blew my head off when I learned that. It was like why hasn't Literally. anyone taught this to me? I mean, it did. <laughs> did I say <laughs> that? <laughs> Literally blew my head. Like, oh, Jesus. So I'm not looking at the real Jude here. You've got some sort of transplant going yeah. um, it, It's a... Uh... No, it didn't literally blow my head off. It amazed me. <laughs> and, then... <laughs> and um Hilarious. I know, silly. And and it, it it just it suddenly made sense. What everyone was saying, take a deep breath, take a deep breath. It's like if your deep breath feels lousy and everyone's telling you to calm down by taking deep breaths and it's making you hyperventilate more because they don't know how to teach you how to take a deep breath. Exactly. You're not gonna feel better. Whereas now, and like we could totally teach people with stress and anxiety how to calm themselves down through the breathing anatomy that we know. I mean, I wish I knew 
again, what I know now, back then when I was a musician, the amount of times I was in competitions and the feedback was stop lifting your shoulders. <gasps> as soon as you start to breathe, stop lifting your shoulders. It's like, how do I stop lifting my shoulders? Because that's where I breathe from. No one was helping me. So I spent the whole of my musical career lifting my shoulders because I didn't know how to breathe properly. And then that just got worse and worse and worse. And that's how the panic attacks, I think, got worse as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can use your breath to get you into a calm state or you get you into a stress state. That's why it's so powerful. And with, um, and that's, uh, and that's, that's the problem with the advice of, you know, just take a deep breath. Some people take a big breath in and then just, you know, just let it go. But that relation, like when the inhale is longer than the exhale, it's telling the brain and telling the body to just induce a bit more stress. So whenever, so going back to like performance, people who do presentations, or if you've just got something where you need to bring a, bring a level of performance to it, you're like, all right, backstage or whatever it's going to be, you want to try and um, calm yourself down and you just start, I'm going to take a deep breath. It's like, actually, that's not that, that's not that good a thing for you to do. If you're going to take a deep breath, you're actually going to need to take a, a breath out, which is longer, you know, try and make it twice as long at least than the breath in. And that helps you calm down. It's not yeah. the, it's not the other way around. So yeah. yeah, there's, there's lots of, I mean, yeah, you can talk about it having gone through it as mm. well as learn about uh, breathing, what, uh, what it can do for you and how to actually do it best. Absolutely. Um, and I think it would do many musicians, it, it would do them well to, to learn that sort of breathing where you it's slow breath in, longer breath out, learning where to take that breath into and how to control that breath out. I mean, not only is that going to make their, their playing more powerful because they're, they're potentially breathing from the right place and then they've got more stamina. I, w- I seriously wish I knew that. I mean, I was a strong player, but I think I would have been an even stronger player um, had I know how to, to breathe from my center and not yeah. my chest. Um, mm-hmm. But that's and the thing about, sorry, go on. Yeah, well, I was just gonna say, it doesn't even have to be about music, right? It can be about no. just day to day. If you actually, um, you know, you rock up to work and you get a pile of shit that just sends up on your desk, you're like, oh crap, that wasn't, that's delaying me from getting through the things I was actually supposed to get through, stress rises. You know, yes. I'm probably going to spend longer at the office than I thought I was going to, all that kind of stuff. That automatically, because of that stress hit that you get from seeing that, it automatically changes the quality of your breathing. And you mm-hmm. might not necessarily notice it, but you'll become a bit more shallow. You'll become a little bit more chest breathing oriented. So you just bring a little bit of awareness, bring a little bit of consciousness back to how you actually breathe and mm-hmm. doing that long, slow breathing, you're going to be a lot calmer and you're going to open up your mind to be able to uh, take in more information rather than just being fully constricted in that stress state. And um, you will be able to yeah, kind of plow through a lot more effectively by toggling between that stress and, and calm state. So we want to use the stress because it's like, oh shit, I've got something to do and I need to do this now. But you want to be alert and calm as well yeah. so you want to have the other side of the equation to that you want to have that sorry that seesaw balance is what you want to have is like, i want to be alert i want to be stressed so it's like it gives me the impetus to do the thing i need to do but actually if i'm too stressed then i get mental block i get brain fog um i don't uh, i can't uh, and i get a bit anxious and i can't function whereas you bring that stress down by inducing a bit of calm and you get that balance and now you're in that beautiful zone 
where you know you can call it the flow state where you've got that stress to drive you forward but you've got that calm alertness about you so that you can uh, really focus pay attention mm. and uh, get the stuff done that's right and I did not have that at the beginning of this week I mean my breathing was mm. off I couldn't formulate thoughts and and it was and this is exactly what happened to me it was like I could not focus. I was I was forgetting everything. I think I even I even mentioned to you that I I was doing a video for my program and I said the program name the wrong way round. I mean that <laughs> that was the stuff. So I've been doing this program for months and I said the words the wrong way round. It's like that should have maybe been an indicator that I was mm. a little bit anxious and I should have maybe just stopped and rested. But it took me a week, and it's fine that it took me a week. But on Friday, I I did rest and and just calmed down, and that was really helpful. So, it's amazing what the impact of stress and anxiety can have on you. And I'd forgotten how much of an impact it can have on your system. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, you know, first of all, it's like stress isn't a bad thing. It's no. necessary. It's a necessary part of life. We need it to help us. Um, move for super necessary <laughs> <laughs> you said it it's super necessary i know as i said it i was like he's totally he gonna just... pick up on that so i said it quietly <laughs> but he still heard it that's excellent it made a comeback super necessary has made a comeback necessary. yeah but uh but yeah it is it's, it's super necessary because it helps us to kind of focus on the things that need to get done in life yeah. it's just it's, it's it allows us to adapt that's what stress does but the thing is is like when it gets too much for too long that's when it's a problem. So we need to learn how to uh, uh, how to adapt back into an equilibrium. Yes. And so it's picking, and it's 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 not that you will always be in control of it because you just you can't. But what's important Life. is, yeah, exactly. Is what's important is knowing those indicators. Like, okay, what are the things that I can look to, which are telling me that I'm more stressed than I can currently handle. So you gave a couple of good indicators which was like yes. i'm boiling the eggs but there's no eggs that are being boiled <laughs> i'm not, not losing the plot i think i might yeah. be a bit stressed yeah exactly and then um uh and yeah so like so indicators is going to be an important one like you know picking up for yourself i think um what other examples do you have for yourself um which uh, which indicate to you is like yeah okay i'm i'm a bit stressed i forgot uh I forgot things that are normally I'm so on the ball with, like I forgot to send emails. Uh, I was losing focus when I was reading stuff. I couldn't, I just couldn't focus on anything. My my breathing was, uh, it was laboured. Uh, I started to chest breathe. And that's a really big indicator for me that I know something's going on because I start to get a bit, get a bit up into my shoulders. Um, mm -hmm. And I was, and one of the big things for me, and I'm pretty sure that lots of people have this, is that I was waking up early. So, and when I say early, I mean I was waking up for no reason at about three, four o'clock, and that's when I know that I am feeling some sort of pressure or there's some anxiety going on. And when when that happened, I think on Tuesday or Wednesday um, of this last week, I was like, right, okay, you need to reel this in and think about this because it's starting to affect you. Um, and, uh, and uh, yeah, just just come back and dial it down a bit, and do some breathing, and yeah. and and stop frantically trying to do everything. Like calm down, yeah. take a moment. Yeah, that's important. I think um, it's just good to get some examples of indicators, so mm. like people listening and watching can go, oh, okay, I get it. Like these are the kind of things yes. I can look out for if they if if mm. they're not currently aware of 
the level of stress that they're under. So if you're picking up on those kinds of things, like the quality of your breath, how forgetful are you? Do you feel like, um, so for me personally, I feel like I'm bouncing around between lots of different thoughts and yeah. constantly like I'm, I'm, I get into a paralytic state with what I think I need to start doing first. So it's like, there's always something that I need to get done but then I keep thinking, oh, maybe I should do this one. But no, I think I need to work on that one first. But no, maybe it's the okay. other thing. And so I keep bouncing around between all the different things I should be doing and actually not getting anything done. Then I know it's like, okay, I've given myself too much to do or I've just, um, I've overthought this. I'm overthinking this. I'm getting a little bit stressed. And my mind's all over the shop. I'm bouncing around a little bit too much. Then, so I have to, I, I try and regain focus and I get rid of things which don't allow me to focus. So the phone is such a oh. huge part of this is um, it's just a distraction machine. It's just, it is, it is basically distracts you, right? It's like all the crap that's on there. It's mostly social media stuff. Every time I put it away and I like, essentially I just lock it away in my drawer and then I start to find a flow with my work. That state of focus feels wildly better than looking at my phone and like scrolling on Instagram or Facebook yeah, or something. It's just, it's just one of those weird things is just, I can't, I can't stop myself from like doing it all the time. But, um, but the, when I do, I realize I've got much more clarity and much more, um, and much better focus. So that can be a thing for like people to potentially pick up on is, if you feel like if you notice because it can actually be difficult to notice as well like you know you're 20 minutes 30 minutes into a freaking scroll session and you just go oh it's been 20 minutes 30 minutes and i haven't really like if you ask yourself down a rabbit hole. actually got out of this yeah you've gone down a rabbit hole but what have i actually got out of this you know what's actually useful from having done this you realize it's actually not a lot zero um, i feel i feel worse yeah. for looking at it yeah, exactly. And so just put it away, recalibrate, and it takes a little bit of time because that distracted state stays with you until mm. you can start getting some focus back. Um, and for me, that takes about 20 minutes if I just, you know, cut it out in a noiseless environment and then I just start focusing and then I just like, oh, wow. And then 90 minutes go by, I've done something a lot more productive and I haven't realized like 90 minutes went by. So um, that's, that's another thing is like, okay, you constantly like you might be constantly distracted but you're distracting yourself even more by continuously being mm. on social media or just looking at your phone and not doing anything really productive with that time it's just paying attention to that and just going what did i actually gain from this you know i've looked at six seven eight profiles if i go back and i can't remember like what i was actually doing if you can't was it was it was it worth it it's pretty much most of the time it's not so no. that's another that's another one and uh, yeah so just like kind of feeling distracted feeling like um bouncing like you know your thoughts are bouncing around a little bit trying to think about doing several things all at once and not actually doing anything at all that can be a sign that okay you've just probably got a little bit too much on your plate and and yeah and foregoing doing the important things as well yes. i think is another one where you you feel maybe a little bit overwhelmed by it and you stop doing the things which actually anchor you to having a good quality day and you actually feeling better. So I, I talk about anchors a lot as well. It's just like anchoring activities or doing something which if you've done that, no matter what else happens, you know you've had a better day than you would have if you hadn't done that. And so mm. you're better off the next day because you've done that thing today. Yeah. And, um, and for me, it's like definitely one thing is like some sort of movement. 
is if I'm doing that, yeah. then and I try and get it done for me personally. I try and get it done at the beginning of my day yeah. uh, because I clear my mind completely. It's like I know I've taken care of my body, which helps me take care of my mind as well. And then because it's not still there, like three o'clock, four o'clock in the afternoon where I'm trying to think, where I'm like, okay, I need to fit this in, but I'm so yeah, it's looming. Yeah, exactly. It's like it's looming, and it's kind of mm. it's uh, or it's it's burdensome now because mm. I've got this thing that I'm doing, I'm in with it, but I'm in the back of my mind. I'm thinking about, oh, I haven't done this really important thing for me, and uh, and then that doesn't make you as productive as you as you'd like to be, right? Lately. So yeah, so just working on the thing that is important, which sets you up to have. Uh, uh, have an even better day. So even if you're super stressed and you're like, I can't get through it, I can't get through it. It's like, no, you have to. It's like you you make the, you make that choice to actually do that thing. Mm. And once you've done it, you're like, oh, okay, I've done that. And that's an important thing that I've got through. And I've, I've got more, you've got like more energy to Absolutely. be able to deal with the rest of it because you've anchored yourself with that thing that's important. And um, yeah. I think um, that's another way to kind of pay attention to when that stress is getting to you as well. It's like, oh, I'm not doing the things that are actually important. Yeah. And going back to this whole idea of getting exercise done, moving, um, because it makes us feel better, I find that, for me anyway, sometimes I don't have time in the morning to do that. So what I tend to do is actually schedule a time in my diary. Like I'll write yeah. it in three, four times a week and it doesn't have to be three, four times a week. Um, if you are listening and thinking, mm, well, that's a lot. It, it can literally <laughs> be one, once, twice a week. I will pencil it into my diary. I have, and, and people like pencil, what you don't have a digital diary. It's like, I have to have, <laughs> A paper diary, <laughs> not because I'm I'm sad, and and uh, You're about hundred years old. <laughs> I am a hundred years old. Um, it's so that I can remember my week, and and it's almost yeah. like it, it kind of embeds it into my brain. Mm. Well, you're 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 onto something there as well because mm. there is a there's a relationship between writing, writing. something by hand and yeah. memory. So, which is why I do not, it. Yeah, it's not anything to do with tap no. tap tap. And using your fingers it's, and thumbs. It's the pen to paper. Yeah. yeah. And that and then and then I have my week in my mind's eye because I've written it down. So when I write down, I schedule in eleven AM on a Tuesday, I'm gonna go for a run, it will happen because I've mm. scheduled it scheduled it in pen to paper and I'll do it for another day as well. Um nice. and more often than not, it will happen. So if you don't have that time in the morning or you're listening to us and you're thinking, I, I don't have that time then, then actually scheduling it in at some point during your day, during your week is really useful. And I, it's something I recommend to clients. It's like, it doesn't have to be for long. It could be for 20, 30 minutes. Um, but if you've got it written in, you've kind of blanked it out in your diary, more than likely you'll get it done. So yeah. it's, yeah, I, I don't, uh, it's, I'm not opposed to doing um, like having an online calendar, but it's just something that so I can because I we talked about it last week because I'm so busy. If I don't write it down, you can kiss goodbye to me remembering it. So it's literally as simple as that. If, even if I've like typed it out, it won't happen. Whereas when I write it down. I, I tend to remember everything. So this was a real indicator for me last week. It's like, even though everything was written down, I still forgot stuff. So mm -hmm. it just shows the capacity that stress and anxiety can take up 
and and you you just it's like you can't fit anymore into your brain because that overrides everything else you're constantly like it's almost like tapping it like you know chipping away at something it's like you just can't focus on anything else another thing that i notice that i do when i am really stressed and anxious is i eat crap um, my diet was terrible um, so but also it was, it was sort of non-existent as well it's like i wasn't eating so mm. i'll either eat badly or i won't eat it's like and and some people go the other way and it's like it's i think it's just what are your um i can't think of the word but what 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 happens with you it's like i just will probably stop eating and kind of sit there in sort of freeze mode and yeah. so and then, and then i was like oh come on you know just just have some good quality nutrition stop just eating nothing and uh and you obviously feel better when you have that rather than mainlining coffee, have some water and mean that to myself mm. and um, eat some good food. And, and it does, it just calms everything down as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now you said, um, you said, I think there's like three things that I want to go off on that. As yeah, well. sure. Like, well, you're talking about like scheduling in as well. Like, it doesn't have to be long, 20, 30 minutes. It's like, no. it can even be five minutes. It can yes. even be just, just, Absolutely. just start, just get into the habit of doing it. Yeah. And just start. Write it. Could, yeah. Because exactly write it down and just start. It is, if you're stressed out by thinking we're ever got 20 minutes and it's like, okay, yeah. well, bring it down to 10, bring yeah. it down to five, whatever. It doesn't even matter because with breathing drills, for example, you can do them real time. It's not like you have to go to, into a quiet room and no. and just sit there and do that and you know you have to just you have to be away from other people like kind of going to the gym where you have to get your kit ready and then you have to go somewhere and then you have to go and then train at that place and get shot no it's like mm. with taking care of yourself to help you manage any stressful situation and like you know bring down any anxiety you can do it real time right there right there you could be on the tube and yeah. just working on your breathing pad you can be sitting Absolutely. down at your job working on your breathing pad so you can be walking down the street and working on your breathing pad and if you're like you know going to tesco you can just normalize your breathing mm. just relax it so slow um, uh, inhale slow exhale inhale long exhale doing things like that so it's just a matter of like getting into the habit of scheduling things in so it doesn't actually have to um uh, be uh, be a burden is like because you've you've planned it out then the second thing off the back of that is generally shit happens and then you start to think oh no maybe i need to take that out of my diary and i need to focus on something else but mm-hmm. the thing i like to say is like okay the option is there but there's mm-hmm. two things is like make it non-negotiable is number one is like just once it's in there is like do not let anything get in the way of that thing happening mm-hmm. so you just it's kind of like you create a fort around that that part of your schedule and uh, and in your brain as well it's just like you just create this fort around that you're protecting you're protecting mm. the time and uh, but if it starts to creep in you know there's cracks in that fort and like the, the enemy's trying to get through is right. uh, you just you just start to ask yourself is like okay well if i do forego this to do the other thing am i actually going to feel good for having let this go great generally the answer is no because you're like no i just did this thing which i said i was going to do because you made a pact with yourself essentially is like when you let yourself down like that you feel even worse so even though it's like i feel like it's necessary to forego this thing so i can get this other thing done because i'm just so busy or whatever it is is like yeah but the moment you let that go you're not going to feel good about it because you feel like you've let yourself down so yeah. just that's why just make it non-negotiable it makes it, it makes a hell of a lot of difference i know it does for me um and 
you know, because you write things down and you just make sure you get that stuff done. I know yeah. by extension, it works for you in the yeah, same way. Absolutely. And then definitely. Um, yeah. And then there was that, um, the third thing, which was the, the last thing that you were talking about, which were really, um, see now, see now I've just forgotten what my thing was. Nutrition, the nutrition and nutrition. eating. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Nutrition and eating. So when we get stressed and then our kind of, you look at it as willpower discipline for eating well goes down because basically yeah. bodies in a stress state, higher cortisol levels is just what that's saying is, Hey, just give me energy and like, give me the simplest form of energy. And, uh, now in our world, because everything's so freaking convenient, we can mm. like the simplest form of energy is basically salty, fatty, sugary foods. Yeah. And we yeah. end up chowing down on those. Right. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, it kind of fills that energy need, but then it makes our functioning a lot worse. Yes. Feel like crap. So mm. in those moments is actually is when you need to tell yourself, hey, I'm really craving this thing. But actually, if I go for more nutrient dense food, i.e. eat my protein, eat my vegetables, get good quality yes. carbohydrates and just, you know, good quality, a little bit of fat in, in my meal instead, then... I'm going to be better off for it as well. So, and, and then once you've done that, and if you still got a little bit of a craving, then just have a little bit of something, you know, just like a Absolutely. much more portion yes. than you would have otherwise had. Um, and that's going to serve you better as well. So you don't, you don't end up um, screwing yourself over, not just in terms of your performance mm-hmm. so that, you know, the, the stress and anxiety gets the better of you and um, you don't just screw yourself up in terms of performance and your um, mental capacity, you actually help yourself along on any kind of physical goals you have as well. So if yeah. you're trying to get in shape and you're trying to just, you know, improve your mobility, you're trying to improve, say, you know, low back pain symptoms as well. If you get your nutrition on point and deal with that stress, you're going to you're going to do yourself wonders and you're going to thank yourself for having done that rather than giving into that um that that need for need for a sugar hit, for yeah. example, in, it in has a stressful situation. It really has an effect on um, on things like pain and inflammation. Um, I think we could talk about that, uh, but I just wanted to go back to something you were saying about doing breathing drills on tubes because that's one of the places that I get serious, serious panic attacks. And if anyone's listening who has panic attacks, um, you, I'm sure there's many people that have had them on tubes because it is, it's not a particularly pleasant place to be underground and it, it, it it's not a great feeling. Um, can, if there's can something. Can you imagine now as well as like when people start No, I really can't. As well. I, <laughs> like oh, after, no. <laughs> after like <laughs> pandemic stress as well and being around people right. in your face, people are just going to yeah. be freaking out even more. Exactly. So practicing breathing drills knowing where to breathe from oh my goodness if I had those tools when I was taking the tube I don't take the tube that much these days because I live uh, in the country um it, <laughs> I, country. I would I, I don't really though to be fair but I do sort of live in the country um if I had those tools and I was traveling on trains and tubes when I did when I was working in London when I was when I was doing all that then I think my life would have been so much easier because, oh my God, that the processing power it took to get on a train and a tube and in a, a tube in particular was phenomenal. I mean, mm. I, just some days I would, I'd literally miss trains because they were too busy. Like I could not 
get on a tube or a train if they were too busy. So the constant stress of like, I'm going to be late for work, I can't get on this tube, it was just unbelievable. I mean, I don't know if breathing drills would help me massively if it was really, really busy, but I think I'd be able to handle it a lot better knowing that I could control my breathing and almost like black out to what's happening and just go into that breathing zone. So for anyone that's listening that does suffer with like maybe claustrophobia and panic attacks that does have to get on tube and train, oh my goodness, I do know a lot of people look into breathing drills, like go and find someone that can actually teach you the anatomy of breathing because it helps massively. Yeah, there's someone. One of us. <laughs> well, yes, one of us. Yeah. But you know, say yeah. I was, I was even like, well, say you live in Birmingham, and I was like, well, no, because you could still zoom us, couldn't you? So yes, yeah, us. Exactly. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, we're doing everything online these days as well. We've got online programs. So. I know. I've just done an online yeah. class. What am I thinking? Yes, us. Exactly. Yeah, I've got clients in North America as well. It's like we're going global, baby. That's so cool. <laughs> That's cool. That's yeah. so good. Yes, I am a national. You are international. So yeah, that's yeah. really cool. <laughs> yeah. So exactly, it's just just speak to Come one of us, us. Reach out to us. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Come and see us. Reach out to one of us, and we'll be able to help you out for sure with that kind of thing. I uh, yeah, um, it's something that I would want to do more because I, I, I in particular, I think I. I mean, I can't speak for men, but I I've met quite a few women that really suffer with panic attacks and. Mm. If I could just, or we could just teach them this breathing, mm. I just feel like you'd have a fighting chance of, of mm. getting on that tube and feeling better, definitely. Yeah, 100%. And, um, and another interesting thing about anxiety and stress as well is like the relationship to it. This is why I asked you that question earlier on, you know, what is your relationship with anxiety? Because, mm. because the way we view it helps shape our ability to not just respond to it, but to manage it, right? So if it's that, so yours is like, oh, it's just that annoying friend who just shows up once in a while. But if it was somebody who's like, oh, I can't, no, this this person cannot be here. I don't mm. want anxiety here. Get out of here, resisting it completely. That resistance that you build up to it leads to greater anxiety, yes. right? So you've got anxiety and you've got anxiety about the anxiety. It just gets better yeah. as well. And that's that's a big problem. Whereas, uh, especially high performers and and then like, there's like you know, studies done on people who like taking exams and stuff like that. The ones who essentially feel like the anxiety is there and they're like, oh no, my anxiety is here. I'm going to feel worse. My performance is going to suck. Mm. Um, this is it. They, overall, they perform worse on examinations than you know, these like student examinations in like college, I think mm. examinations than the ones who are like, oh, I've got anxiety. That probably means I, I, I care about the result. Okay, this is just telling me that something's going to, um, it, this is it's going to be a little bit stressful, but you know, it's it's a helpful indicator that that just means that something is important to me. That's one way of looking at it. And those people invariably perform better on their examinations mm. as well. And then you got like, uh, you know, pro athletes and stuff like that, the ones who learn to deal with their nerves and the ones who essentially deal with it in a way they have a positive relationship with anxiety. It's like, oh, okay, it's here again. That's gonna, I'm gonna use it to fuel use my performance. Yeah. yeah. So ones who have that kind of relationship with it, they end up doing a lot better than people who don't, who try and resist anxiety yeah. a lot more. So, yeah. so if you're in that place where you're like, oh shit, it's coming on, I can't deal with this, I don't want this. Instead, you kind of 
let your let yourself let your guard down about it and just let it come in and you just realize it's not yeah it's not it's not the thing that is bad as you it potentially is not as bad as you think it is mm-hmm. or I mean, maybe you can speak about it with more experience yeah. in like these like the amount of experience you have in it as well yeah. but instead of just like push trying to push it away you let mm-hmm. it in and then that allows you to deal with it a lot more effectively and um, it creates a more positive relationship with it so every time it shows up you're not afraid of it you're actually in a better position to manage it yeah um i've got loads of experience definitely with like trying to resist panic attacks and have you ever had one have you ever had a panic attack have you ever had anything like it i've had uh, i've had some anxiety when i was uh uh, when i was uh when i was working corporate i started basically building anxiety because i was like i don't know I don't know what I'm doing in my life. Yeah, maybe <laughs> and then when I figured it out, yeah, and then when I figured yeah. it out, I was like, oh, great, everything's great again. Uh, right. yeah, yeah. So I say, yeah, same thing would happen to me. I'd be like on my way to work. I'm like, general anxiety, yeah. Yeah, and then I was just like feeling this really heavy, like I had a hole in my gut, and mm. it was it was horrible, but yeah, it came through it. That sounds more like a generalized anxiety. Anxiety attacks, yeah. it's like it, it, they basically come on and it feels like you're dying pretty much. It's like your heart races. It manifests in different ways in different people. But for me, it would be my heart would race. I couldn't breathe. I felt sick. Everything felt restricted. Um, And it would often come on when I was enclosed or trapped. And what was really interesting is that over time, it would start to come in things like when I was working in the music industry and things like meetings where I couldn't get out. So it started to become quite restrictive. And I would fight it. And actually, I, it got so bad at one point that I went to the doctors and they prescribed beta blockers, which are heart stabilizers for people, generally for people that have uh, high blood pressure. But many, many musicians I know have been put on beta blockers and I got put them and put on them as well. Um, and it's not a pleasant experience and it does nothing. It, it just literally makes you feel numb, but you're still panicking. So um, it is a really, really unpleasant experience. And... I always used to try and fight it. No, 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 it's not happening. And it just used to make it worse. And then I read, and it can't have been long ago, but I read something like, like you were just saying, it's like, you've got to just lean into it a little bit. Let it come, right? Let, and it it's almost sounds, again, counterintuitive to do something like what you want me to let the panic in. Yeah. Whoa. Um, but actually, when you just let it ride, because panic attacks don't last that long, they literally last about 20 minutes and it goes up, 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 up. And then it has to go somewhere and it just starts coming down. And someone's asked me, they're like, what do you, th- you think is going to happen? What's the worst that's going to happen? You're healthy. You're not going to have a heart attack. You're going to pass out. And it's like, ah, OK, yeah, that's not too bad, I suppose. I mean, I don't want to pass out. But it's like that is the worst thing that's going to happen when you have a panic attack. But it's almost like when you almost like lean into these feelings and and let them just wash over you like they're they are stressful they aren't pleasant but it almost like it stops that that slow climb up and it kind of goes uh uh-uh, uh and then you're done so it it almost stops that prolonged experience of having a panic attack and it's it's not pleasant but it 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 generally makes that wave less uh, less intense as well so leading into it is really good advice which is what you said before feeling and, and almost like you know allowing it to happen rather than fighting it 
that's really helped me. Um, but I would I would highly recommend therapy for it as well. And things like hypnotherapy. Hypnotherapy actually got rid of it for me at one point, but it's um it's a phenomenally expensive therapy. But uh there were points where I was like, it's gone. I mean it's incredibly powerful what it can do. Um but yeah, it's definitely what I would try and try and um, look into. Yeah, incredible. No, it's been mm. um, yeah, it's been really insightful hearing it from you as well. Mm. Like okay. So you wish you had all that information back then when you really needed it. But, oh my God, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. But it, it's life, isn't it? It's, yeah, it's exactly. just, you know. But I think it's yeah. like, um, it's kind of that previous experience also kind of helps lead you down this path that you're on, right? So yeah. it's like, all right, well, now I know it. <laughs> it's like, sure, it would have been helpful whenever it was happening before. Yeah. But, uh, but this is great. It's like, you know, you can help other people with it. Exactly. And the reason I left uh, my job, I, I used to work for a record label in town. And the reason I left was because it was getting really bad. And I was like, something needs to change. And much like you, mm-hmm. in your corporate job, I was just like, I'm having panic attacks. I feel really anxious. This isn't resonating with me. I was getting panic attacks on train. So it was all a little bit of everything. Um, and it built up to that point. And it was like, and that's what made me really change everything. Like, mm-hmm. that's why I retrained as initially a personal trainer and then as a Pilates teacher and and you're right it has led me down this road to here and and it is lovely that when you finally learn how to do something and and you understand it it's it's like ah there it is so yeah it's good yeah exactly makes a big difference and then there's um yeah well there were a couple of things that we were discussing beforehand about things that we can yes. bring up on the podcast today and um yeah tell me there's a, there's like a, a list of things and we were like this will be useful i think yeah I, have, I, mean, I suppose we've we've kind of discussed it's like feeling the fear and doing things that scares you doing things that scare you i i suppose we've covered that briefly but it is like to, yeah. i mean like well doing doing things that scare you is yeah well there's 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 more to that for sure like absolutely you know, yeah well, in the sense that okay we're dealing with anxiety is like the thing that scares you is like yeah you want to lean into it yeah and yeah it like develop going further on that is like that general rule of well there's a good general rule to follow is that basically fear is your compass right is um that thing that you're putting off or that thing where you know it's manifesting in a way which underneath all that is fear mm. underlying in underlying it it's like it probably means you need to move forward in that direction yes, absolutely <laughs> you're like, you're like for god's sake why do i have to go that way but yeah, yeah <laughs> that's, grow. that's the way to go yeah. that's the thing it's like and i think obviously for me it was about i was terrified of teaching a class and i knew it was going to be a big class and it was something mm. new that i hadn't done before and it's like yeah i could duck out of this and say that i don't want to do it anymore but mm. what's that going to achieve it's not going to help me grow is it well, and he'd never be satisfied with yourself if you did. I'd that. be so like more than disappointed with myself if I'd gone. Now nah, I'm not going to do that. That's not me. But and and I've done it before in the past. Where and like when when I uh, booked onto NKT, I suddenly realised that I was actually very out of my depth. NKT, sorry, is neurokinetic therapy, which is what you and I uh, are both practitioners in. Um, and we could talk about what it is in a second, but. Um, it was just, I suddenly realized that I was really out of my depth and I very nearly canceled out of level one. Very nearly. Like I literally had, have, I probably still have the email in my inbox somewhere. Dear David, 
uh, my son's not very well. I'm really sorry. I'm not going to be able to make it. Thanks very much, dude. <laughs> Honestly, I still think I have that in my inbox somewhere. Like I very oh, nearly wow. cancelled out of NKT level one because I was just like, I was so overwhelmed. And it is, and it is that. And I had this little voice going, yeah, but what if it's the best thing that you ever do? You know, what if it, what if it's going to like lead you down a path that you, you didn't realise was going to be so amazing? And, yeah. and it was that little voice, even though I was terrified and I knew that I was going to sit in a room with so many people that had so much more knowledge than me. And I knew it as soon as I sat in the room, I was like, I am the stupidest <laughs> person here, but I'm going to get through this. Um, <laughs> it was true. I knew nothing. So you know, that's really interesting as well is that like you feel really down about being the stupidest person in the room but you know that line of like if you're the smartest person in the room you're in the wrong room so right just, okay <laughs> yeah. so it's like it's good it's good that you felt and oh, maybe were the stupidest person I in the probably room was because, to be fair yeah. um and i knew so, i was because i remember kathy dooley who is the lecturer at nkt and also in immaculate dissection the anatomy courses i've done she just opened her mouth and said a bunch of words that I didn't understand. And I was literally at the back of the room with my phone Googling um, yeah. what IAO was, which is internal abdominal oblique. I, I, yeah. and, I, and, I, and I couldn't find it. And I was like, shit. And, um, but then I learned it. And it was yeah. literally the best thing that I'd ever, ever done. And it led me on yeah. so many different paths. But it is interesting right that here. I led me right here. Absolutely. Yeah. And I... I was, I was so close to being that scared that I wasn't going to do it. And um, it is just like, do the thing that scares you because you mm. just don't know. Even if you fuck up, you just don't mm. know where it's going to lead you, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like, because essentially, yeah, we ended up meeting through NKT as well. So right. it's like, yeah, so then, you know, this wouldn't be happening if that never, if that groundwork never got laid with- This uh, you moment won't be here. To do it. Absolutely, yeah. it's exactly. nuts. So it's just yeah. So you just realise about like all the potential things, all the things you would have missed out on, uh, which is which is pretty wild. It's um, that's hilarious. I remember like my my experience of it was is like I think I was following it on like so, NKT on social media for a little while, yeah. and then uh, I came along and then did my thing of just like plotting myself in the front row of the class. And, uh, <laughs> I didn't do that. Was that the <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I was like teach me just just <laughs> put it all over me <laughs> and uh yeah it was great it was it was it was just something it was one of those things it was like yeah okay fine um i don't know what it was it just resonated it just resonated so hard with me it was just like it, it, when i did it it resonated yeah. like as soon as kathy i was like oh, amazing <laughs> yeah. but at first i was literally looking around the room going everyone literally knows more than me so, sorry, yeah, but the thing is well the thing is because like I've, assist, I've assisted a bunch of courses i know since I started doing it right and uh, what's amazing to see so there was the there was my experience of actually having done it, going through the different levels, and yeah. the experience of being a teaching assistant. And that's fun because now you get to observe the room and see where people yeah. are at. And you've got like 25, 30 people in a room. And like, you know, some are, uh, everybody's like kind of hyped to be there in a way. I mean, well, there's. You met me, there, and then you would have met me, no. <laughs> well, no, no. Well, there, yeah, exactly. Well, there, there's people who like, uh, no, I'm on a caveat because there's like, obviously, there's different kinds of groups of people, but there's the ones who are like, oh, I'm really excited. This is going to be amazing because I've read some amazing stuff about what NKT can do. Then you got people who 
are like you know, kind of maybe seasoned practitioners as well like yeah. oh this this looks like it'll be a good thing and then you've got the people who are like they're there but they're apprehensive like they don't want to believe it can be I don't know, oh, for yeah. some reason it's like they just don't want to believe that it can be that great or that right. useful but they're just you're just there and they're just like really apprehensive about taking information and and like you know by the end of day one everybody's like freaking drained and it's just amazing to see because mm -hmm. they're like whoa okay there is something here because we've done a whole bunch of practical expert um uh, practical uh, sessions on each other and worked out okay well this is this this is this, this is this and then so people start getting excited about it but then also get a bit frazzled because they're like well this is completely different to what i've done before yeah and then by the end of day two you're just looking around and there's these faces are like oh i need to go out to the big wild world to do this now oh my god this is terrifying and um yeah it's, yeah. it's quite it's quite amazing to see that turnaround um and uh like uh, how how people respond to it even like if they're apprehensive it's like okay well i got something i got something from this i got something useful yeah. and um yeah it's amazing to see it's just amazing to see it from the other side of the room like, I bet it being, is. A, being an assistant i uh, and what was really interesting like even though i was absolutely terrified and I, I really felt like the stupidest person in the room. And, and from an anatomy point, I was. I, I didn't know anything. I couldn't do that exam if you pay me. But, um, but I did get the concept really quickly. Like, as soon as Cathy explained it, everyone else was like, what? And I was like, yeah, got it. So it was almost like knowing nothing was really useful because yes. I just got it. I, everyone else was like, what? So I, 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 I do this and I teal. And I was like, but with me, I was like, and it was almost like because I came at it with absolutely no expectation and I was a bit rabbit in the headlight and I was like I have no idea what I've just walked into I, I literally signed up on a whim um because I saw it on a forum and I didn't really research anything it's like but now I'm here I'm, I'm fucked but because yeah. I think I just come at it without any kind of expectation it's almost like I got it just like that and it, it just made perfect sense to me and then I went out in the big wide world and it still made sense, but I just, yeah, it was just learning all the tests for me, as you well know, was the hard mm. thing. Um, but the concept yeah. was always there. So, mm. yeah. Yeah, for sure. But, um, but yeah, that's, yeah, that's the benefit of leaning into the thing that scares you, right? Yes. Like, I'm going to be the stupidest person in the room. I am yeah. a deer in headlights and I almost gave up on this. Like I'm almost yeah. didn't even show up, almost didn't even turn up, but look, look at where it's got you. That's and, what happened. Uh, yeah, what's, wild, yeah. <laughs> what's wild is, is like, you know, you're talking about IAO, uh, you know, intra-abdominal oblique, uh, sorry, internal abdominal oblique, and then you just like, you didn't know what the hell that was, but it's like, if I'm going to ask anyone about this kind of stuff now, it's going to be you. <laughs> yeah. I know. It's like, it's like this, is, this, is what it's, uh, this is what it's about. It's like, it's process. It's not just, um, yeah. oh, you're going to walk in, you're, going to, you're supposed to know everything. Um, that's another key element to it as well. I think part of why we fear the thing that we do not know and uh, the the path maybe not less pathless trodden, but it could be you want to go somewhere, uh, or right the the like we're talking about fear being a compass, and like mm. the, part of the reason you don't want to go there is like okay, it's the unknown, but it's also um, you have no idea how to deal with this thing because it's so out of your comfort zone. But that's also the point, right? Because everything's a process. You never just like what we mentioned last time, like in Matrix, where Trinity gets the information downloaded into her brain on how to fly the helicopter, and then she can do it there and then. It's like that's never how it's going to ever work. It's always it's always the process and what you gain from doing that process, and um, and that arguably is more important than the place you reach out of it and and in the end day anyway, because yeah. by doing that, like you kind of basically 
showed yourself that it doesn't matter if I don't know anything. Like several years later, here I am. And I love talking about everything to do with the call and look at the kind of people that help on a day-to-day basis. It's, um, yeah, that process is, is, is what we've got to break it down into is just like, let's just take that first step and then, and then go from there. Absolutely. And, and with that as well, it's like doing this podcast, when you asked me, it was like, that's scary. What you want me to talk for what an hour and a half and t- or two hours coherently about stuff? Are you <laughs> sure about that? Um, but gee, do you know what she's getting herself into? <laughs> I, <laughs> you have met me. We've talked, right? You do know me. So, yeah. um, <laughs> but it was like as soon as you said, like, what do you think? I was like, yes, of course, I'm going to do this because it's mm. it's it's going to help, and commu- yeah. communication is key. As soon as I I got the job with the with the big platform, it was like yes. I remember the the guy asked me, so like, is this like, does this sound like something you want to do? And I was like, yes, absolutely, yeah. bring it. It's like yeah. you say yes, and then you figure it out, and mm-hmm. and more often not, it's going to work out. It's like yes, it yeah. terrifies me, but I'm going to figure it out and I'm going to do it. Yeah, it's amazing. It's like if the guy said, uh, "Do you want a job?" and then you just you're like, "Hang on, let me check in. Let me see if I'm scared enough." <laughs> 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 Could you imagine if it's like, oh, I don't feel scared enough. No, I'm not scared enough. I'm not going to take this. But it it might not come out as that. It might not come out as, oh, let me just check in and and, am I scared enough? It just might not resonate. Do you know what I mean? It's like if if you say you you have an interview and actually it's not resonating, maybe it isn't the right path. And and Mm. it's not that it has to scare you. I think it it just, if it is a big deal, it is going to have some effect on you. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. And, uh, it's like because yeah. there's there's a bunch of things like they can always check the boxes. You know, you tick the boxes and you're like, okay, I've got this list of ten things, and this is there's it's amazing for all those things. But then you really check in with yourself and you're like, yeah, but there's something here which doesn't quite add up to, yeah, you know, like the check boxes don't matter basically. Yeah, and so you're arming and eyeing over a decision, trying to be super logical about it. But then really, this is where intuition is quite helpful. <laughs> is all right, what does my intuition tell me? You, yeah. you recheck in with that and then you go, oh, right, yeah, that thing actually isn't for me. So even though it looks great on paper, can't do it. You know, it's, yeah. it's not going to be the right call. Whereas, um, yeah, go on. I was going to say, like, just on the intuition thing, it was like when I was uh, thinking about this job that I've now got, it, it was almost like, I'm going to send that email and they're going to get back to me and it's going to happen. It was almost like I'd, I'd kind of tracked mm. it in my mind that I knew it was going to happen. It's like, I did, mm. I didn't know that you were going to ask me about the podcast at all, but with that in particular, it was like, shall I send that email? Yeah. Send that email. Cause something's going to happen with that. And I, it's almost like, you know, when you get that feeling that you know that something's going to happen and it's going to be good yeah. for you. And, and, and this is the right thing to do. Like with NKT, like with the job that I have now, um, you just get that feeling and, and yeah, it's big, yeah, it's scary, but it's sometimes leading me to say, it's like sometimes you've just got to ask like, the question, you've got to put yourself out there and you've got to, you've got to ask, haven't you? Even if it's yeah. a no, it doesn't matter. And, and, yeah. and I truly, Cause yeah, because then you know, and then you can go along a different path. So if I hadn't have done NKT and I'd sat in my little world, I actually wouldn't be in the position I am in now. 
which is far better, right? It's, it's far better. Like in my life in general, I wouldn't be where I am now had I not gone, not gone down the NKT route. So mm. it's like do the things that scare you because they may be the best thing that you ever do. Yeah, generally are. You've got, you got better stories to tell when you do things that scare you than if you don't. And if you play it safe, yeah. yeah. We would not be talking now had I not done NKT and played it safe. So, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's a big one. And mm. like, um, yeah, there was, there was something else that you brought up, which was uh, several things that you brought up, which would be useful to talk about. So tell me, where do you want to go next instead of? Uh, no, what, what, uh, what were you going to bring up? Tell me. Well, there's, there was, there were quite a few. It was like, um, mm. like one of the things you're talking about was like, you know, what's your motivation? What's your why? Right. And yes. And then there what was what drives also, you? There you go. Yeah. Like what drives then, you? Yeah. And then there was your, um, one of your clients was talking about, um, yeah. like should. kind of always feeling like you should be doing more. Should be doing um, more. Should be doing more. Yeah. yeah, that'd be interesting to explore. Why don't we go there? That was such, it was such an interesting conversation because it was like, mm. I should do more. It's like, this is a busy woman, right? What was, what was the context there? Like, what was the So it's like, I should be doing, should, should I should be, be, should be doing more movement. Mm. And it was like, okay, t tell me why. Well, why do you think you should be doing, well, because I didn't, I didn't do, I didn't do that extra walk that I should have done. And it's like, yeah, but, you do this with me once a week and you did something else and you have a really busy job and you don't stop moving and, and you don't stop moving. So why is it that you think that you should be doing more? It's like, I have it all the time. If I don't do enough movement or if, if I've done three runs a week and a weight session, sometimes I'm like, oh, I should do a hit as well. Should. Right. Yeah. And, and it's like, I think even if we're doing enough, we always feel like we should do more. And it's like, why? Why are we always, I speak to so many people and they're like, oh, I should have done another run or I should have, I should have um, done that or this. And, and it's like, when are we going to stop? I think mm -hmm. it was just an interesting thought of we're always going to think that we should do more. Even if we're at capacity, we should mm -hmm. be doing more. No. Where do you think it comes from for you? I think it's, I think I have a bit of what you have in that I have quite a high level of perfectionism. And I feel like if I'm not busy and doing something the whole time, and I'm not working out and I'm, I, I kind of, I almost feel like I, I haven't lived up to my expectation for yeah. the week or whatever. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So, mm. or it, yeah, I, I've dropped that run. I've dropped the ball. I haven't. I haven't done enough. I, I. I do think it is that. That I. Yeah. I need to think about it a bit more. Maybe you can help me with it. But it is that. Hmm. I. I do have a high level of perfectionism. I think. And if I don't get the things done that I say I'm going to do, I'm disappointed with myself. Sure. You could maybe look into the psychology of that as well. But I think that. And this week. Yeah, with, with everything that was going on and having to teach yesterday, I did rest on Friday and I was like, no, I am going to take a couple of hours and do this um, and not do anything. But I feel guilty as well. Mm. I often feel quite guilty. If I'd sit and do nothing, 
-hmm. where I'm like, oh, you should be doing the washing or you should be doing this or you should be doing that. I, I do get a bit of a guilt complex. You should always be doing something. And it's like, no, because actually resting is doing something and it's just as important. Mm -hmm. But I think I speak to so many people that feel like they should be doing something all the time and they feel mm -hmm. guilty when they're not. Mm. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, what do you think? Uh, yeah, it's one of those where I guess we're going to explore mm. <laughs> a little bit now as well because it's not, yeah, I've not like had any detailed thoughts about it. So it'll be interesting to just kind of spew yeah, let it, it go. see what comes out. Yeah. And um, all right, so you're talking about like this, this perfectionism element. And mm -hmm. so if, well, then if you haven't done the things you said you're going to do, you're going to feel disappointed and then you feel guilty yeah. if you're not doing the th like other things. If you're yeah. basically... If I'm sitting resting. on my ass, I feel mm. guilty. Like That's mm. a really big thing with me. If I'm sat still watching TV, I get a bit of a guilt complex. Say like, I, mm. you know, I, in the middle of the day, I just need half an hour. I still feel guilty. Mm. Okay. Hmm. Why, yeah, with, uh, why do you think you have to feel guilty? If it's like, if, if it's kind of like, if you've, if you've put it in that category of things mm. I need to do mm. and it's like resting is part of that thing, why does it still have to feel like it's guilty? It's a, such a good question. I don't know. It's, I feel maybe it's because I always feel like I should be doing something proactive and productive. Um, like there's almost like a panic, for example, with my program, I, if I'm not doing something on my program every day, I have a little panic. And it's like, why are you panicking? It's not like you've got an end date. But it is almost like maybe it's linked to it's just got to get out so that it starts doing something and generating something. It's, I don't know, there's almost like a, again, there's a bit of a panic and anxiety behind it that, that I, I should be doing this so that it does something and so I generate something. Yeah, it's um, mm. it's hard to try and pull it out, but I think that's what it is. Like, I mm. need to be productive so that this happens quickly. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And then, right? Yes. Yeah, so there's a couple of things I'm thinking about there as well. If mm. you to say if you're doing nothing and that nothing is needed, it's a part mm. of your recovery process, whatever it might be, but. Um, let's just call it nothing in inverted commas. And it's like, it's not that it is nothing. It's just, it feels like at the moment, it feels like nothing to you. Yeah. So if it feels like you're doing nothing, but what about reframing it? Cause it's like, you know, mm. like I said earlier, it's like, you're just, you're still putting it into that category of things that, um, that you are proactively doing. So you're doing nothing like mm. proactively is like, I'm deliberately doing nothing. And this is an important part of my day in the sense that I'm getting to recover so I can show up better for the other things. Yes. Does, does that work for you? Have you tried? Yeah, that? it definitely helps. Yeah. Mm. And I'll give you an example as well. That just made me think of something. So before I go to sleep at night, I'll try and read. But recently mm. I've really struggled with reading some of the books that we like to read just because mm. it almost feels a bit too much. Like mm. I, it's like, I don't have the brain capacity to read something scientific so I've ended up just watching Netflix and then I feel guilty because I'm not reading mm. do you know what I mean so mm -hmm. it is 
but I know that I need to do that because otherwise I'm there's just too much going on right now so mm. I have to I have to have that yeah. time but I feel guilty mm. because I'm not reading one do you know yeah. so it's that kind of thing <laughs> yeah so this, this is what's interesting about that is it's like okay well you've 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 tried to do the reading and make it work yeah but you're just hitting a wall and so yeah. you're like you know what I can't do this I'm going to switch yeah. away I'm going to switch off so what's interesting is is like you still tried and it's not like if if you ask yourself the questions like I've tried could I have tried harder and the answer is no then you switch off and do Netflix is like can you yeah. still feel guilty about that should you still feel guilty about that no you shouldn't mm. I think it is Actually, just no, any... should 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 is always the wrong thing we were talking about that earlier yeah. should right should 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 yeah. it's like no should. that's just no, the should. wrong thing but it's um so what I mean is is like okay well now that you've gone through that process of here's okay I'm gonna try and read this thing it's actually pretty mm. heavy right now my brain's not handling it um I've tried I'm actually not getting getting through it I've given myself adequate mm. time to do this still not making it work fine forget it just drop it it's too much right now and tomorrow it'll probably be okay I'll probably mm. be able to handle it but right now I can't and so I'm just gonna switch off and do Netflix so then that question is is um will yeah can uh, can that appease the guilt can that just like wipe it away i think it does i think it's something that's quite ingrained within me like we're not just mm. talking about the last few years it's been something that i've had since childhood that i i, I should always be busy and being conscientious and doing stuff so i think mm. it's 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 kind of learning that that's okay and, and remembering that that's okay to take down time and that you don't have to be studying at every single moment of every single day and or doing something productive towards your career and your goals. So um, it is just about bringing it back and going, it is okay. And, 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 and I'd never, you know, when I, if I was talking to a client, I'd be like, you're super hard on yourself. And it's like, I'm very hard on myself. And it's like, I would never talk to my son or a friend all my clients the way I talk to myself and I'm, I'm very tough on myself and I think that it is really important to to maybe flip that a bit and and be a bit more gentle with myself and yep. and that's something that I'm learning mm -hmm. to do but it, it's I find it quite hard um, yeah. and to, again, to like anything it's a process right it's yeah like you just iteratively get better at it little by little and yeah and that's it yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I had something the other day as well. It was just like I just had something, uh, had something occur, and I didn't like it. Actually, basically stretched me beyond my current capacity to handle things, mm -hmm. and um, which basically that's just another way of saying I went to territory that I hadn't been to before, and I didn't quite know how to handle it. And then I was just like, "You fucking dickhead." What? Like, wow, could, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, "How do you not figure that out?" It's like well, you should know how to handle this thing, and um, and then I started actually laughing at myself. <laughs> it's like, it's like, you know, you just become, yeah, you just become aware of what you're actually doing, and it's like, oh, yeah. that's that's a part of me that still exists because, like, I, I do like you know me, like people who know me, like my clients, everyone is like, you know, you just like. Um, essentially it's like Mr. Growth mindsets, but I'm coming from a place where for years as a kid, for whatever reason, I just had like a really fixed mindset. So I'm still really contending with that where yeah. it's been a challenge for me to feel stupid. It's been a challenge for me to um, not 
be smart, you know, <laughs> it's mm. like, or not be considered smart or other things like that. And so if something happens where I feel like, um, well, I say I feel like, it, what I feel like is kind of irrelevant because it's like, where did the situation push me to? It pushed me to somewhere mm. which is beyond my current capabilities of handling it. But now that I've been yeah. there and I've basically pushed my boundary out a little bit further in terms of the things I can handle. And next time it happens, I'm going to be much better at dealing with it. Yeah. But it's, um, but when it happened, there was a part of me which was just like, I just should have known how to fucking handle this. Like, why couldn't right. I handle this? I should know how to deal with this. And, angry with uh, yourself. I just, yeah, I just got proper angry with myself. I was like, so fucking mm. pissed off. And it was, uh, but then, yeah, I just realized what was going on. I was like, oh, that's the part of me that wants everything. Yes. Like, I should know, I should know how to handle things. I should know this, I should know that. But mm. I don't, and i got to be okay with it. And uh, so it was pretty, like, so I started laughing at myself, which is amazing, because, like, one second I'm angry, and then I realize I'm being angry, yeah. and I just start laughing. And uh, and that's, uh, yeah, that's an important thing to do. You know, you just pull yourself out mm. of the slumber, and you just realize what um, what's actually happening. And so, yeah, I had to just, like, you know, spend a week and a bit just, like, processing whatever was going mm. on, like, coming up. But, uh, but yeah, and, again, it's, like, you know, because it's uncomfortable as well to go through things where you're just like you're just not that good at yeah uh, at this thing. of course but but it's just like just embrace it is uh, yeah. is the thing i keep trying to tell myself so it's that ability to kind of uh, the, like why i think, think it kind of relates a little bit as well is just that ability to uh dis like disassociate the guilt from it you just nice yeah um it, what you're doing is just like okay in, in the example that you gave, what it made me think was, is like, okay, if I can be reasonable with myself for a moment and just say, I've tried reading this thing and um, I've given it a bit of time and I'm going back over pages. I'm not understanding the words that are on the pages right now. Okay, I've put some time into it and I can reasonably ask myself is like, have I given everything that I've got? The answer is yes. All right, fuck it. It doesn't matter now, you know? Yeah. Essentially, it's the idea of, I gave it the best shot and it didn't work out. <laughs> and, and when you do that, you, you can just be completely at ease and completely yeah. peace with however something went. It's just like, the, the, what I've realized um, with myself is, if I'm doing things and, and if I've given it my best shot and it hasn't quite worked out, I feel totally fine with that. That's exactly right. actually how I feel, like genuinely. That's very like, cool. Yeah, it's like, I actually, I gave it my best shot and it didn't work out. That's cool. Mm. That's actually okay. If I have a doubt about, did I give it my best shot? Then that's when I start eating myself up about it a little bit. I'm like, oh, why didn't I do that? You know, why did I not be honest with myself and give the best effort? Because that's the bit that eats me up the most. It's just like mm. not getting to the truth, not getting to the bottom of it. And so if I'm not getting to the truth of it, if I'm not getting to the bottom of it, it just eats me up. And that's the bit that I regret. And that's the bit that I hate. And then start to eat myself up about it. But Hey, it's like when it's, when, when you can honestly say that zero guilt attached, it's like, you're just very stoic about the whole thing. It's like everything yeah. you're very philosophical about the whole thing. It's just like, it's okay. Is you don't have yeah. to, you don't have to shoot. You don't have to feel like you should have done this. or you should have done yeah. that. It's just, um, should. it's yeah. It's uh, you don't have to associate any guilt with it. You don't have to feel shameful, whatever it is. It's just, mm -hmm. hey, it's um, in, in these I've kinds tried. of scenarios. Yeah, I've tried. I'm giving it my best shot. It didn't work out. So fine. I'll just um, leave it for another day. So I have a question for you within that. Do you, mm. do you apply that in your training? Um, everything that you just said. So, you know, like when we're, I don't know, it could be just a workout or it's when you're, well, when we're doing wrestling or whatever. 
do you come out of training sessions sometimes where you're like, oh, I could have done better? Or are you generally quite happy with your performance? No, there's, there's been so many days. Like, this is where grappling is, um, is, is, um, is so, uh, it reveals a lot about me to me, right? Is, right. This, is a big reason, this is a big reason why I do it. So yeah. it's funny because what's interesting is like uh, my flatmate, he just does it because, you know, he just, he just really enjoys it. He's like, it's, it's an activity that he enjoys. And, right. uh, and whereas I, yeah, of course I enjoy it as well, but it's, I get, it's just, there's that aspect of it where it's just revealing a lot about me to mm. myself as well. So it's a very kind of, um, like it's a very philosophical life affirming kind of uh thing that i do because i associate like okay i get a lot of life lessons out of it right so um i mean that's just kind of i guess that's how i'm wired a little bit as well it's like i just find meaning in certain things as well but i think i mean the truth about the truth about grappling is is like that is what it does is uh, it will uh, it's the it's the it's the most simplified training ground for learning life lessons as uh, my flatmate likes to put it I like that. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful way to put it. And so Mm -hmm. I've had plenty of sessions where I've come out of that just being like, that was fucking awful. That was shit. Why? Like, you were shit. Why weren't you proactive enough? Why weren't you proactive enough? And that's what I realized. So several things I've realized about it is like, you know, um, I've got quite an agreeable personality. So Mm -hmm. one of the things I'm working on is actually being more disagreeable. Oh, really? Because I have an agreeable personality as well. And uh, I find it so hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like so you'll you'll know where i'm coming from with that and um and just uh, because it doesn't serve you well it's like yeah there's agreeable because you know you can be liked or you're likable but then it gets to a point where you just end up getting yourself walked all over yes and that's not great and it's not to say that i've ever got to that point but i just realized it's like again building awareness if i was being agreeable and then I started checking in myself. I was like, you were just agreeable for the sake of yeah. being agreeable. Like, you know, you're just like, you don't want to offend anyone. You don't want to upset anyone. Don't want any conflict. Yeah, don't I want get any that. conflict. Exactly. And then what is grappling is fucking conflict, right? <laughs> so, so, really is. so that's, yeah. So that's basically is me trying, I'm using grappling as a way to become a bit more disagreeable because the thing you've got to mm. do is you literally got to impose yourself on another person. Otherwise you're going to get fucked up yourself. So, so I use it to build that side of me. And then so what I'll realize is on the days where I've gone, that was just shit. I was shit. I was, like I was super passive. I wasn't being proactive. That's the thing that bothers me is I'm being passive when I'm trying to work mm. on not being passive. I'm trying to work on being more proactive and I'm trying to impose myself a little bit more and gain the confidence to impose myself more and more and more. And um, so when I've done that, like my performance could be the same as when I was passive, mm. but I would walk away from the training session being like, I did great. I was so much better because I was working. You put yourself on, in there, right. Yeah, I put myself in there. But the thing is, because I put myself out there, I put, because I was pro- more proactive, I was way better than when I'm being passive anyway. Because if mm. you're just passive, I'm just like accepting what's coming my way. Whereas if I'm being proactive, I'm actually like trying to work my way through a situation more uh, more effectively. and then that always feels better than just inviting trouble onto you, right? Inviting yeah. the heat onto you and just thinking, all right, I'll come out of it. Oh, if this person does this and then I'm going to do that. And then it's like, no, that's, that's more reactive. It's not responsive. You're not, uh, you're not on the front foot. You're always on the back foot. So 
that is yeah. when I've come away from sessions if I'm being passive and I'm like, okay, that was shit. But if I was proactive, even if I didn't do that well, but because I was trying things, I would feel so much better coming out of a training session. So yeah, so mentally, it works in, yeah. yeah, mentally, exactly. Mm. And so it works in, that's how it works for me in training as well. And mm. then the other things are like, you know, we're talking about leaning in uh, into mm -hmm. the challenge. Yeah, for sure. It always hits a point. It's not even grappling. It's just physical training. I was doing kettlebells earlier today, um, um, smashing through a kettlebell uh, circuit. And then the, like, it's, it gets hard. <laughs> so that's the bit where you want it. That's where you say, okay, I'm just going to finish now. And then as soon as I start saying that to myself, the other side kicks in and I just say, no, lean in, lean into the challenge. And then I get that like extra bit of like, yeah, what's your um, words? Is that what it um, is? Lean in. Lean in is one and um, strong is another. Nice. So I just use those because like long-term goal is like always be strong. And then lean in is like do the hard thing, lean into the hard thing and um, accept that challenge. So, um, yeah, so that's another thing. And then mm. also sometimes with training, I'm like you probably remember that feeling mm -hmm. a little bit more, especially being new and especially as, as a woman as well. You walk into a grappling class and you're like, everybody's bigger than me and I don't know what the fuck I'm doing and I'm going to get trashed. This is pretty scary, <laughs> right? But uh, yeah, yeah, you go in, you do it, and you're like, oh my god, I'm so much better off for having done that and exactly. just showing up. Yeah, it's funny though. I um, I've spent a lot of time in martial art uh, gyms, I guess, over the years. And don't get me wrong, it's whenever you walk into somewhere new, it is it is scary because everyone knows everyone. Firstly, it is a community, it's a family, and you've got to walk in and interact with people that know each other quite well. Um, so there's that. And even though I knew you, it was still really nerve wracking walking into wrestling because I'd never done anything like it in my life. Um, but at the same time, and this is where I said, I suppose experience and, and putting yourself into that environment comes in. It's like because I've had that experience of, for example, walking into a Thai boxing gym in Thailand, which is a whole different experience. It's almost like you apply those experiences to the experience you are applying at the moment, like you, you are at hand. So it wasn't as scary as maybe someone that had never walked into a gym would maybe feel because I've, I'm used to, here we go again, I, I know this, I've, I've been here before, this is not my first rodeo, I've, I've been in martial arts gyms where everyone knows everyone and you come up as a new person and you don't know anyone and, and generally everyone's lovely. But it is, I like that fear. That fear yeah. I love. And, right. and learning something new and trying to figure it out and, and, and getting it wrong. And, and something you said earlier made me think about how you were like, no, my session, I know I've done a good session when I've, I've just gone for it and, and leaned into it. But sometimes I think for me when I'm learning, I as a person need to step back and just let it almost happen to me so that next time I can come in and do what you do. Mm. Do you know what I mean? So mm. sometimes I'm almost like to learn the ropes, I have to get put through my paces and I have to just let stuff happen to me and sit back a little bit so that I can then kind of bring the aggression. And my, my phrase when I'm, I'm trying to do something is just let it go. I have mm. to be able to let it go. Like yeah. stop being so wound up, stop... Stop, stop overthinking it's just just let it go and generally when I let it go I can I can flow so 
Um, let it go, flow. <laughs> let it go, flow. Um, so, yeah, I kind of toggle between sitting back and letting things happen to me in training and then coming forward and, 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 and letting it go. So mm. I, I feel like that's important for me as a person, whereas I feel like for you maybe you don't feel like you've had a good session if you've just let it happen to you, mm. right? Yeah, yeah, basically. If I've just, yeah, if essentially if I've not felt like I've been proactive. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And just applying, applying my thing. Even if I'm going by against somebody who's like 10 times better than me, at least I've like tried something, yeah. you know, it's like, they're going to handle me. They're going to manhandle me. They're going to ragdoll me. Well, yeah. it doesn't matter. At least I've tried my bit. Yes. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I'll always try, but I think sometimes I like to be a bystander to try and understand. Like I, I think, and, and you and I are quite different like that. I remember you in study mm. sessions and stuff at NKT, you'll put yourself in there and, and try and learn that way. Whereas I don't learn like that. I almost have to stand back and just kind of observe the situation and kind of feel feel safe and comfortable, and then I'll put myself right. into it. So I think it's different okay. learning styles as well, isn't it? Mm. That it's how you try and understand a situation, I think, as well. Mm. Okay, interesting. So it's just basically first idea of I need to feel safe and comfortable and then throw yourself in. Yeah. So with sparring in wrestling, it's like at first I was just – okay, you do whatever it is that you're doing to me and I'll try and react to that. And then once I've understood and I've got a bit of muscle memory around what we're doing, then I'm going to go in and, mm. and, I, and I am going to try and win. So um, I don't know if that's a bad way of looking at it, but it is I'm going to try and get you down. So, mm. But it's when I understand and I feel safe and comfortable to do that, I think. Yeah, okay. Yeah, cool. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, like. Yeah, it's interesting how people have different ways of um, different ways of approaching similar situations. Learning as well, but styles. Get, yeah, but like getting the same outcome from it as well. Because mm. what were we talking about? I think um, yeah, what was interesting was with my flatmate. We were talking about like intrinsic and extrinsic um, motivation and like yeah. goals and stuff. And what was interesting was is for me, like the long term goal is any long-term goal is going to be more intrinsically motivated. Like I need to have that intrinsic motivation to do the thing. And, and, and that's the thing that keeps me on the path is like, okay, it doesn't matter what the immediate result is. It's about what this means in three years, five years time kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so for example, that's what strong means to me is like, it's not just about being strong now. It's about being strong in the future is like, okay, I don't have to be strong now, but it's about what, is strong like, am i strong in three years and five years and yeah. just yeah just keep i'm still I'm keep doing the thing that gets me there and mm -hmm. uh, it's like they're kind of intrinsically driven and what was interesting was is there was there was a flip there was the other way around is like uh, the the thing to get them started needs to be intrinsically driven but then if there's um something long-term attached to it that needs to be something extrinsic like there needs to be something external attached to it is like if it was um yeah, if it was like, okay, I'm going to start this career because I get a lot out of it. It's like, mm -hmm. you know, very intrinsically driven. But then in five years time, it's got to get me, you know, it's got to be making me a hundred thousand pounds a year, whatever it is. Right. right. So, so then there's that external, external drive for it. And I thought that, you know, that was interesting because, you know, the, the we're, we're doing the same thing is we're striving in the same 
way, but the way we view our uh, our outcome, our output, and our efforts is kind of flipped. Right. So this is yeah, which is which is really interesting. And again, it wasn't like um, so. It was just cool to see. It's like oh, your brain works differently in this to mine. It's and the thing is, that's a, like a bit of a there's a bit of a subjective thing there as well. It's not mm. like um, uh, because like you know we've talked about it personally as well but just when you're on the road to a goal like you have to subjectively introduce reward along the way right yeah exactly and it's and it's a subjective thing is like you can reward like uh if you're writing a book and you've got 300 pages that you've got to fill and every time you you know write 500 words you're like okay i've got 500 words today this is great this is amazing Mm. it's a reward and you're going to reward yourself for it like intrinsically you're just going to tell yourself you're doing a good job whereas if you don't do that then it just makes the process laborious and it makes it a lot more difficult that you even get to write that book right and so it's a it's a subjective thing that you introduce um into the process to make sure that you achieve what you want to achieve mm-hmm. and so the way we viewed it was like the, the same process the same outcome is like um subjectively we viewed it in a different way but it helped us to achieve the thing um in the same way but just mm-hmm. yeah it's like the outcome would be perspectives thing, isn't it yeah yeah it's uh, mm-hmm. it's interesting and it's like yeah so it's not necessarily okay there's a right process but it doesn't necessarily like but how you view it is different can be different yeah and uh, whatever helps you essentially get there and achieve it absolutely mm. um i think everyone's going to be different as well everyone's going to be driven by different things um and this kind of takes us on to what drives you doesn't it mm. um mm. for me a lot of my drive comes from things like necessity it's like i have to do certain things because i need this this this, this and this but then in the bigger picture things that drive me is that uh, I, I want to get a message out there and, and I want to I want to teach and give the knowledge I have to people so that they can then have that knowledge and take it elsewhere mm-hmm. and push it. It's like I said to you yesterday, I want to push this knowledge out to the masses so that people can own uh, and feel powerful about their bodies. Um, yeah. And that's what drives me. It's like mm-hmm. I want people to gain knowledge and, and have that knowledge that I have so that they can feel better in their bodies. It's like in, in terms of this job, that's what drives me. And I want to be a good role model. It's like one of the one of the reasons like everyone's like, oh wow, you know, your diet's so good and you're so good at it. So it's like I like to be, I like to set an example. You know, whether we like it or not, we're public figures in some way or another. And I don't think I would be doing anyone a good deal or myself justice if I was not looking after my body so I feel like it's important that I'm a good role model to anyone that I teach or people that know me or family or my my child just that's an important thing for me so that's what drives me as well to be the best that I can be um so it's a lot of different things and and I guess that's what motivates me it's like yeah I could stay at being a Pilates teacher and I could teach and be fully booked and that's great but what about this and what about we could get that message there and what about we reach more people and and it's I don't want to be famous or anything like that I I that have I have zero interest in that but if I can get that message out great mm. that's that's really what I'm interested in yeah 100%. Um, and what um w- yeah what was it internally for you 
Like, okay, so there's the, I want to be a good role model, but also what about for yourself? Um, I think, so internally, it's just knowing that I've, I've learned the things that I've wanted to learn um, and that I've, I've or for example, physically, that I'm, I'm the strongest that I could be. It's like I always enjoy pushing myself so that I can be the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. It's like, where do I want to, not necessarily where do I want to be next year or I want to be running a marathon, but it's like, am I still injury free? Am I, am I the best I can be in terms of my, my body weight and, and my strength and, and to keep me injury free and, you know, prolong my life essentially. Mm -hmm. So that's, I guess my, my intrinsic motivation, but it's just that I'm doing myself justice in that I, I am learning more and I'm not staying static and stagnant. I think that's really important for me that I, I continually learn so that I inspire myself. Otherwise, it just gets boring, I think, doesn't it? It's like if you're teaching the same thing. And this is always my worry. It's my worry with yesterday. I was teaching lots of people. It's like, is this good enough? Have I like taught well enough so that these people understand the message that I'm trying to convey? Is there something I could be doing better? So I got on online yesterday and I was like, is there anything else that I could maybe like give as an addition to help these people understand what I'm trying to put across? So I will always try and do more. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) Oh God, here we go. (laughs) But I suppose maybe healthy or not healthy. It's like, I I always want to make sure that I'm doing a good job. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. And yeah, I think that's, um, there was, yeah, there's, damn it. I kind of blanked, but it was just like, (laughs) There was a lot there, sorry. But, but, but yeah, no, but it's beautiful. It's beautiful because <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's like the, the, the learning thing, the doing yourself justice. And essentially, this is, I mean, this is what this podcast is about, right? It's like, you know, how, how do you go about fulfilling your uh, potential? Yeah. And if you're, if you're not doing that, then you're not doing yourself justice. If you're no. not aiming to do that, if you're not on that path to do that, it's like, and that can be in any way that you want. Because everybody, th- like, I think a lot of, I think there's a lot of misconceptions around it. It's like, you know, go for your potential. And it's like, you always aim high. And it's like, yeah, but what is that for you? I'm not talking yeah, about where's being your benchmark? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like, it's not, I'm not talking about like, you know, be the rock or something, you know, don't, yeah. don't, don't be that person or like whoever, like, I don't know, is like, as so insularly dedicated to something like uh, mm-hmm. an Olympic athlete might be or whatever. It's like, it doesn't have to be at a level. It's like, what is it no. for you? What is it for you where you're like, I am on that path to my potential? Because mm-hmm. the thing is, is like, you just never, I don't, I just, I'm pretty, I'm, I would say it's one of the certainties of life. I don't think you're ever going to be happy if you're not aiming for your potential. No, and exactly. You're not going to, well, fulfilled is the right word because actually, tr- yeah, trying to aim for your potential is going to be, you're not always going to be happy doing it because you're like, oh, for fuck's sake, I've got to do things that are really But that's hard. the strain and the struggle and that's what makes you yeah. appreciate it at the end as well, I think. Yeah. There is no end, so, but you know what I mean. So <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's, end. it's like, exactly. It's like, yeah, it's, it's just ends when you die. And like, <laughs> when you're about to die, I was like, yeah, I did everything I could. I did everything I could. Yeah, I'm pretty cool with it. That's it. Take me now. I'm good. <laughs> but, yeah, I can go uh, now. We're good. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Rather than, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. I didn't do yeah. that. 
I would yeah, rather exactly. have regrets about the things that I did do than the things that I didn't do, right? It's that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, so, what drives you? Yeah. What drives you? Drives What's me. your motivation? Just, um, I just, I just love learning. That's, um, that's yeah. a big thing for me. I think, yeah. um, I think I love learning about what it is to be a human being and what is the human condition. And it's one of those things that we will never get to the bottom of because mm. it's like, you know, we're studying ourselves mm. <laughs> essentially. And, and it's uh, going to change as people study more, to... right? Yeah. And it's, yeah, I just love that. I love it. And uh, the more I delve into it, the more I got to a stage, that's when, you know, that's when I basically decided to become a personal trainer. It's like, mm. A mate of mine asked me a good question when I was thinking about switching over. He was like, so you're basically thinking you can teach other people to exercise. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's teaching, isn't it? <laughs> Didn't like at the time when you were just like making a decision to realize mm -hmm. this is what I'm actually getting myself into. And then obviously it turns out to be, at least the way I view it, is a hell of a lot more than uh, just exercising and teaching people how to exercise. It's teaching people yeah. how to live a healthy, fulfilling life, essentially. And so, yeah, it's just the idea of um, it was something... That was always interested and i realized i got mm -hmm. to a stage where i could help other people do that and then yeah just ran ran down that path and so for me is like learning about that kind of stuff i just have a, like a voracious appetite for it so that's what drives me is just i want to keep learning it and uh, crucially just apply that thing that i learned because when it's not applied knowledge it's just dormant and then it dies and it fades so, yeah yeah and this is what I, one of the things i love about the job that we do is that i could literally like read about something and then a few days later my clients ask me a question about it i'm like oh yeah and it's just like i love the way about. that happens as well yeah. it's just doesn't like, it always happen time. pretty much pretty much like every time like, oh. oh yeah this is this is perfect and um and then yeah just like kind of you know breaking breaking your own limits and like breaking mm. past limitations yes. uh, that you have and it's essentially like we will place it on ourselves is um is the issue and so i like I like essentially trying to achieve my potential and aiming for that and helping other people do the same Amazing. and uh, just breaking, breaking through limits. So I think the biggest driver is, is just, yeah, just really loving learning and then being able to help other people with that information. And that's a beautiful thing. It really is. Yeah. And it's not just information, it's transformation. Is they use that information to transform because information is useless. Like I said, it's not applied knowledge. Yeah. So it transforms uh, you and it transforms the people that you teach as well yeah. and everyone around you. Mm. Exactly. And then what you said about fame is just interesting to me as well. As like, mm -hmm. you're like, I would never want to be famous. So I'm curious about why that is because fame is just something, it's, it's a curious thing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm wondering I, um, why. It, it may have to be, uh, I'll give you a little bit of it, um, but I, I, I don't, where do I start? So my brother always wanted to be famous and, and he is a phenomenal musician. Um, and I could never quite understand that because what comes with fame is people Sorry, was think- it, was, that, was that the first thing he wanted? It was like, I want to be famous before yeah. mm -hmm. actually yeah. anything else, right? Yeah, I think, you know, around the time that we, he started to know that he was actually a very good musician, he he always wanted to be famous. And I could never understand that because what comes with fame is that people think that they own you in a way and that they have access to you. And 
and and I suppose it's the negativity around it as well. It's like I don't know. I just I just don't want to be that well known that you can't walk down the street and and crack on with your day. And it's like you're always performing. You're always on, and you're always having to base your life around the fact that it's like you're it's, you're constantly on stage and. Mm. I would never ever want that. Um, I, yeah, it, it, and you know, and I have it to an not an extent. I'm not famous in any way, shape, or form. But when you are a, a public figure locally, like I'm a Pilates teacher that's well known in this area, I, I don't know. It's like you have to behave a certain way. Um, right. Not that I wouldn't anyway, but it's like you can't get angry you you can't have a down day you can't have an off day um and i'm not saying that people know me but i there is a level of people do know who i am at certain points because i used to teach in in a local high street and i used to teach quite a lot of people and you'd walk down the high street and you'd see at least five of them so you have to it's like you've always got to be on you've always got to be mm. behaving not that i don't behave but it's like <laughs> you cannot have an off day and there's other stuff around it, which, if I don't, go down wild child, yeah. Um, and I just, I don't know. And it's just the way the public perceive famous people as well. It's like everyone's got an opinion, and I would find that phenomenally hard. I mean, I'm hard on myself, let alone to have thousands of people be hard on me as well. Yeah. <sighs> I don't think I could handle that. But yeah, yeah. that's why I, I'd, I'd find it phenomenally stressful. You? Yeah, it's a weird one. Fame is just weird to me. It is weird. It's, it's, it's like, yeah, it's, it's that thing of, yeah, you, people feel like, it's a, yeah, people feel like they own you mm. and uh, they have, or are entitled to your time. It's like, yes. yeah. Um, it's just one of those things that I think you can never fully understand. It's like, well, there's many things like that, but especially with fame, you could never fully mm. understand it until you actually get it yourself. And then like, you know, I've had like little modicums of it every now and then. I, just, I remember, I just remember somebody um, who seen me do some stuff on Instagram once and I just came across him and I didn't know who this person was. And um, this was, this was actually at um, a wrestling class. And uh, they were like, I feel like I know you. I'm like, oh, cool. I mean, yeah, sure. I don't, maybe. I don't know you, but maybe, I don't know. He's like, who else you know who has this handsome face? <laughs> exactly. He's like, really? He's like, that guy you know must be a really good looking guy. <laughs> so he was like, I don't know, I can't place you. And then like half an hour no, later. No, that's like, not it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's like, you butters, bruv. <laughs> no, butters, not butters. Is it? It's different. But his different face, form. right? It's not but her face. Butters. But her face. But her face. But his face. Do you butters. not know what it actually means? But butters. Butters. Your butters. Yeah. But do you know what it means? You know what the actual term is. Yeah, you're ugly. <laughs> yeah, but do you know what? How it like manifests? You know how. Oh really? You're gonna drop some etymology on me. Go on. Hit me up. Can I say it on the podcast? Do we reckon? Of course. <laughs> Did you not know that? No, no, I know. I've heard the phrase before. I just just didn't associate it with butters. It's kind of like when you go breakfast and then you have it explained to you that it means to break your fast. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah of course. Oh, of course that's what it means. So it wouldn't be, it, you'd be butters, not butters. 
Oh, right. That's why you said that. I was like, what are you saying, Jude? You're what are you about? Sense. Yeah, that's why. You'd be butters, not butters. Yeah, exactly. A nice little, nice little detour of the story, but I think it was where I, where I got with it. Yeah. Was, Sorry. Um, oh, yeah, they were like, yeah, half an hour later, they just came back to me. I was like, oh, yeah, no, you did this thing on Instagram, and I did one of the exercises that you were saying, and it was really cool. It really helped me out. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> so random. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's another one. Get in every 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 podcast. I was like, I can't believe uh, I can't believe you saw that. All right, amazing. This is cool. Um, this is great. And it was just really strange. It was like you know somebody who knows you, but you don't know them. Mm. It was like they've seen you. They've seen you around. They've seen your face. And I was like, that is weird. Yeah. Like, I mean, first of all, it's great. Like whatever I put out there was helpful to this person. Super cool. But then, then it's like you just you're walking around and you don't know these people but mm-hmm. like if you so if you were super famous you're just walking around but you can't trust who or what you're looking at because everybody yeah. thinks they know you yes. and you don't know anyone and they're going to be looking at you in a certain way you're like why are they looking at me like they know me oh because they do know me but i don't know them <laughs> how fucking weird is that it's so like, weird yeah exactly be so strange and then, oh, yeah, yeah, just stuff like that. Just stuff like mm-hmm. that is weird. Um, the the, sh- the shit that comes with it. Yeah, the I guess like people feeling entitled to you. In a way, it's like you invite that into your life as well because if if you if if what you do relies on you being famous, then people make you essentially. I mean, everybody is mm-hmm. made by people. There's there's no getting away from that. We are made by people. You know, we yes, have clients, we and so we we, are, we, are. Uh, we only exist in the line of work that we do because we have people buying into us. So on that scale, you've got millions of people buying into you. Yeah. And so you've you've got this duty in a way to appease that and uh, appease them. And there's, and how do you balance that? You know, that's the, that's the crazy thing. Like what's the balancing act that you got to pull off there? Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's, it's wild, it's wild. There's just so many things about it which are just crazy and wild. And it's like, yeah, to, to that extent difficult yeah. i know yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly that's good all right should we cool. call it there I think we, we shall had a solid solid discussion there about some definitely that's wicked i hope everybody tuning in has really enjoyed that this week we really enjoyed the conversation so um yeah tell us what you think about it as well follow us on uh, instagram at evolve achieve thrive and uh, send us your comments. We'd love to hear what you guys are thinking about what's going on and um, and show us your support. If you're enjoying the conversation, please just jump in on whichever podcast uh, provider you use to listen to the podcast where you know, it could be Apple, it could be Spotify, it could be Podcast Addict, uh, uh, CastBox, whatever it is, just subscribe to the show and um, hit subscribe and then you'll get the regular updates for the episodes. And um, yeah, please leave a rating and review about uh, about the show as well. It gives us, um, it really helps us out to get the show out there as well. So more people can hear it and get more credibility as well. And so if you're really enjoying it, please just drop us a five-star rating and review. And uh, we love that. Um, and we really appreciate it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we will see you next time. Bye.